Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of this podcast. Men, as always, thank you for taking time today and listening to this conversation. If this is your first time coming across the Pursuit of Manliness, I want to say welcome. I'm glad you're here. When you get a chance, visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. There you'll find this podcast episode. You'll find previous podcast episodes you get a chance to sign up for our email newsletter. You can learn about Tribe, Point Man, see what's available in the gear section. And also, as of Wednesday, you can, in our blog portion, you can read a blog written by some really good men of God. The first blog that has been posted since bringing that back is uh, titled Prepared for Battle by a good friend of mine, Matthew Alds. Matthew is a strong man of God. He's in our Tribe session. He's been there at least two times, if not three times. I could be mistaken. I apologize, Matthew, for that. But he's one of these guys that I would consider a prayer warrior. And so when he talks about being prepared for battle, he gives you seven steps to create a plan of action to be prepared to fight these spiritual battles, these these um, opportunities to show up well that are set before us. And so I want to encourage you, make sure you check that out. And that's kind of really the the hook of what I want to get into today. Thinking about this idea of being prepared for battle, I've been talking about this a lot in the last couple of weeks. I've talked about it uh, in some posts and stuff, that the the, the sin of passivity is just consuming us as, as Christian men and as a nation. I think for a long time, Christian men have gone through the motions. We've kind of just tried to keep our head in the sand or not make a big riff. And and any guy that is kind of radical who does want to share scripture or does want to read the Bible or does want to talk about Jesus, he seems like one of those radical guys. He must be the disciple-making guy, and we're just the Christian men. So Christians became a genre. I was sharing with a friend of mine today, one of the stations that I listen to when it comes to radio, Christian radio, is UCB Ireland. And what I like about UCB Ireland is uh, that they are focused on the gospel. They're focused on the kingdom. They're focused on Jesus Christ. That is the primary focus of this radio station. And you can stream it on their website or on an app or whatever. I I have both. But um, one of the things that they do, and they're doing it specifically right now during Lent, is focus on a thing called the Church in Chains. And the Church in Chains is uh, this website that I assume that they have they have built or put together. And it's about people who are in prison or who are in just horrible, horrible conditions because of their faith. These were not people standing on the corner with a megaphone shouting, you know, repent or you're going to hell. These were people, Christians, like what we would consider in America, just trying to get a job, just trying to work, just trying to provide. But they wouldn't con- they would convert away from Christianity. So therefore, there was false accusations brought against them. They're they're put in prison. They're put in horrible situations, horrible circumstances, beaten if not killed because of their faith. Now they again that the accusations will be different and they'll use it in some radical context, but because of their faith. And so when I read about the church in chains, or when I listen to them share these stories on UCB Ireland, or when they stop and specifically pray for these people, it's a reminder to me of why I don't get fired up about people who are too afraid to show up to church. I said, listen, I'm not going to stop inviting you to church. It's why I don't get fired up about are we social distancing? Are we covering our faces? Do we have enough? What are we doing? What, what, what are we doing? I mean, compared to that, that's what we get upset about. You know, there's some people, you know, they're not going to come to church if, if everyone, you know, isn't. Well, maybe you need to read some of those articles. 
Maybe you need to read some of those articles. Because I just venture to say that God's probably not in heaven looking down at our churches, the people that are too afraid and go, well, I'm just going to phone it in. I'm just going to watch it online. I'm going to venture to say that God's not up there in heaven going, that's my church. That is what I had my son tore to shreds for. That right there. People who are too afraid to get out. If not everybody, if everyone's not doing the exact same thing, then by all means, yes, you should stay home. That, that is what Jesus died for. Not at all. And we need to rethink our approach when it comes to our Christian walk and when it comes to church in general. We've turned it into this thing that if they don't provide the amenities that that I want, if they don't provide all the hospitality that I'm looking for, then maybe I'm out or maybe I stay home until they do provide those things. You treat the church like a hotel. Oh, I'm only going to be here for a minute, maybe. And make sure you got that hot coffee and make sure you got that free breakfast. And if you don't got the swimming pool open, then we're canceling our reservation. We're going to go somewhere else. And I think it's the sin of passivity that is just destroying us. And men, we're allowing it to happen. Why don't you man up and say, you know what? We're going to church this weekend. And if you want to cover your face with a pillowcase or whatever, then do that. But get up and go. Get up and be a man. Enough with these excuses. Enough with this passivity that you're you're, you're too afraid to, to rock the boat. You're too Listen, man, I don't care if you cover your face or not. I want you to know Jesus and I want you to show up well for him. And I want you to give your family something that they can look to and say, that, that is an example worth following. That is someone who says, fear, forget it. That I'm, that if this is my last Sunday on the planet, I'm going to spend it with Jesus. I'm going to spend it there worshiping him. I'm not going to, to give up. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to phone in another weekend because it's convenient. Again, go check it out. Church in Chains. Ask yourself, do I have that? Do I have that? I'm going to say we probably don't. And I think what we need to do is I think we got some repenting to do. I think we have some repenting to do when it comes to how am I really living out this Christian faith? I mean, seriously, what am I doing? Did, did I just get the genre Or am I a Christ follower? You see, there are no genres in heaven. They don't place you in these certain places. Like you you used to go back in the day when you'd walk into like a a record store and they moved into CDs and you pick your genre. You pick your genre. No, it's you're a disciple of Jesus or you're not. Either he knows you or he doesn't. That's it. And so we have some repenting to do. And here's the most dangerous part of this. And this is the point I want to get to here. We have some repenting to do because you're passing this on to the next generation. Oh, they're so involved in their devices and they don't go outside anymore. Do you? Do you go outside anymore? Are you not on your device? Some of you old people are on social media just as much as the young people that you're blaming. You may not know how to Snapchat and TikTok, and I hope you don't know how to do any of those things, but you're in everything when it comes to Facebook, aren't you? You're on everything when it comes to Instagram, but you're going to blame the young people. You know what's happening? You're passing this down like a bad family recipe. And if we don't repent of it, and if we don't wake up, now I can't change every home in America, but I can change mine. And you can change yours. And I remember years ago hearing this verse. And I'm going to read a few different places where it's very close to this verse. I remember someone one time reading Exodus chapter 34, verse 7. This is God talking about visiting 
the iniquity, the sin of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Now, when I heard that verse, it was a college professor, St. Louis Christian College was talking about this. I said, hold up, go back to that again. I've never heard anyone share that verse. I had read the Bible through, I don't know how many times, couple maybe, I don't know. I said, go back. What are, you, what are you trying to tell me there? He said, oh, this is exactly what it means. You see, if you don't repent of these sins, if you keep walking in, walking in this iniquity, if you keep living with this idea of cheap grace, oh, guess what happens? Your children now get that. And your children's children now get that. And your children's children's children now, you get the point I'm saying here? It's 2021. And if I got sins in my life that I'm too passive to repent of, because I'm too weak as a man, or I'm too weak as a father, or too weak as a husband, there might be great-grandchildren inheriting these sins because I didn't repent of them. It's all, oh, Jared, that, that's, that's one that's one. you've taken out of context. Numbers chapter 14, verse 18, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving the iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. There it is again. There, there it is again. I just read it to you in Exodus. I'm going to read it to you in Numbers. That was 14, 18. And while we're at it, let's do Deuteronomy chapter 5. Verse 9, you shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. You say, well, I don't hate God. But you don't love him enough to really surrender to him. You just love him enough to kind of be aware of him, right? That's not loving him. It's all or nothing with God. You can't smoke and mirrors God. You might be able to smoke and mirrors your pastor. You might be able to smoke and mirrors your wife. You might be able to smoke and mirrors your boss. You can't smoke and mirrors God. There is no tricking God. There is no middle ground. You either are or you are not. Those are three places. Three places. I'm going to go back again. Exodus chapter 34 verse 7. Numbers 14, 18. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 9. All three saying the same thing. God ain't playing around with your sin. And when your sin is unrepented of, guess who absorbs the consequences of that sin? Oh, you do, but they get it as well. So your children that you love and you would do anything for, your grandchildren that you love and you would do anything for, your great-grandchildren that hopefully you're praying for, that maybe someday you get to meet them, they would absorb the consequences of your sin, they're going through this life going, doggone, this is hard. Yeah. Because dad or grandfather or great-grandfather, yeah, he wouldn't humble himself. He wouldn't repent of his sins. Here's why I'm telling you this. Some of you are repeating things in your life that when you grew up, you detested and you know it. You saw things and you witness things, and you said, I'm, I'm never going back to that. I'm not going to live like that. It's called a generational curse. And you're repeating it. 
but it can stop with you. You can say, it ends with me. It ends with me. I'm breaking the generational curse. That will not be my story. That will not be my marriage. That will not be my children. That will not be my grandchildren. Nope. No more. And for some of you, that might mean a radical approach to how you pursue your wife, your children, your grandchildren. For some of you, that might be a radical approach to day in and day out living. That might mean that you're on the outs. That might mean you got to delete some social media accounts. Some I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the Bible is explicitly clear that if you do not repent of these sins and turn from them and leave those wicked ways, not only do you deal with the consequences of that, so do all the people that follow you. And I tell you that because I was 30-some years old. I don't know how old I was. 30-some years old. The first time that verse really got me. I don't know how old you are. But I know this. If you're able to hear this podcast, you're able to hear this conversation, you're able to repent of those sins. I don't know what they are. And this is not a Oh, your dad was bad. Your granddad was bad. No, no. I, I this this is a, this is a you thing. This is a you thing. This is not a point of finger at anybody else. This is not a family treat. No, this is not a family brush pile. No, this is not about any of those things. This is about you. Are there sins in your life that you say, "Yeah, I believe I inherited that." Repent. Don't spend another day saying, well, we're the so-and-sos and that's just what we do. That's how we live. That's how we talk. That's how we treat one another. That's how we interact. That's how we do faith. That's how we work. No more. No more. No more. It can stop with you. You can be that guy. You can be the guy that generations down the road will be the direct recipients of blessings Because you said, no, it will not be for a lack of effort. It will require an immense amount of humility. It will require an immense amount of repentance. It will require an immense amount of reconciliation between you and God. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going down the same behaviors, the same way of thinking, the same way of whatever. whatever you're. I, I get to work and interact with so many guys who have so many things that they're carrying. And you are too. We all are. Repent of it. Pull the truck over right now. Turn this thing off right now. Whatever you need to do, stop. Repent of those sins. You see, when he's saying this, when he's talking about a generational curse, I see those sins. Beyond seeing them, I feel them. I feel those sins. I know it. And I'm repeating it. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's a character issue. Maybe it's a, a, I I don't know. I, I don't know what it is for you, but I'm telling you, you have an opportunity to write a new story for the people that come after you. 
that might mean the current generation isn't going to like the way you approach that. You're accountable to God and God alone. And maybe tonight you need to sit down with your wife or your kids or whomever and say, oh, I want to apologize for the way I've been living. I want to apologize for the way I've been talking to you. I want to apologize for the way I've been spending my time. I want to apologize for the way I've been spending my money. I want to apologize for the people I've been surrounding myself with. I want to apologize for the times that I just phoned it in and and ignored the things you had going on. I want to apologize for the times that you had to beg me to get to go to church or that times that I just deliberately sabotaged things in your life because I was selfish or I was insecure or I made it about me. I mean, I don't know what it is for you, but I believe this with everything that is in me. Every one of us has something. And if we're really honest, we have more than one thing. Man, there's no way you can rewrite the ship in your house. There's no way you can really protect your camp. There's no way that you can be a man of God in the word of God, being changed by the presence of God, if you don't humble yourself and repent of those sins. I don't believe God would put it in the Bible time and time again about the consequences of our sin if he wasn't trying to wake us up about this. And again, I meet dads who are like, I'll do anything for my kids. Would you humble yourself and repent of these sins? Again, I'm not asking you to point a finger at nobody. I'm not asking you to go back and say, boy, this, you really messed me up, boy. No, I'm asking you, will you own this? Will you say the sin of passivity, it ends today. It ends right now. It ends by the time this thing podcast ends. It ends when I shut my vehicle off into my driveway tonight. It ends, just end it now. Whatever these sins are, I just believe every single one of us has at least one, if not many, that we, we see them, we know them, and we feel them. Amen. Guys, I want to pray for you. God, I thank you for the men who are listening to this podcast. God, I thank you for these guys. We do not have it figured out. But God, we are wise enough to know that when your word repeats something time and time again, you desire to get our attention about that topic. Your scripture is clear that if we don't repent of these sins, the consequences, the stain of sin, the the imprisonment of these sins are passed down the line. There are men out there who work really hard to provide a good home. They work really hard to provide a better way of life than than even what they had. There are men who would give their kids, their, their wife, absolutely everything in the world. God, I pray that you would stir in us, that we would also give them a clean slate. God, that we would also not set them up for bondage to sin. They're going to have their own trials and tribulations. They're going to have their own obstacles. I pray as men, we don't make it any harder on them than it already needs to be. The enemy of our soul is constantly circling our camp, looking for an opportunity to devour us 
and to ruin us. No more. No more. God, we humbly repent of these sins. Each one of these men has something, if not a handful of somethings. And I pray in the coming days, you would not let those things get out of our mind. Wake us up in the middle of the night. Bother us at work. Convict us when we sit all by ourselves, God, of these sins that we need to repent of, that we would humble ourselves, that we would repent of these sins. And not only would we walk in the light, but we help bring our wife and children into it as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, I appreciate you guys. Think about that. I'll talk to you in a little bit.